You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway, an attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat. I'm your host, Al Malafrante, coming at you for the Broadway Podcast Network. Uh, I've talked quite a bit in the past about how much I enjoy watching certain utility players shine when they fill a hole for a starting player. A lot of Yankee fans could probably think back on countless players that have made the most of these opportunities, whether it's Louis Soho or Jerry Harrison Jr., Ricky Lede. Uh, players like that are essential parts to any team, especially those with championship aspirations. Uh, I think few shows here on Broadway have really created a winning culture uh, for as long as Mean Girls has the past three years or so. And if you've been with us long enough, you probably remember that we've already had the privilege of speaking with a couple folks who made that team so special. Uh, tonight, we're joined by another member of the Mean Girls family who actually made her Broadway debut a little more than a year ago when she was named the standby for Regina George and Gretchen Wieners and certainly made the most of the opportunities that she was given when she was penciled into the lineup. Uh, we're so glad she could join us tonight. So with that being said, if you'll please turn your attention to Home Plate. Just beyond the marquee, now batting Kaylin Fu. Kaylin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's so good to have you here. I'm sure all the Broadway (laughs) fans, you know, for all of them who've enjoyed this little holiday block that we're doing, you're a welcome addition to the party. So we're glad you could come. Yay, good. I'm excited. Now, you know, we've had stars from a lot of Christmas films, puppeteers, even some Mets players, a real melting pot of guests lately. I do have to know, though, you being a California girl and you have a little baseball backdrop here. You have five MLB teams you could choose from out there. Who'd you root for growing up? Um, kind. Uh, I was not a sports person, um, but I feel like I heard a lot about the Oakland A's. Uh, so I, I guess I'll say that because they're the ones I remember. <laughs> <laughs> They've got cool uniforms. I mean, that that would have they been do. a good reason, too. Their hats are nice. I like the little A. They look great. <laughs> I like that, too, for selfish reasons. My name is Al. So There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, let me ask you. I know that you're a Cali girl and you're currently planted in Wisconsin. I know that you're there with your boyfriend, but, you know, not being around many people, you know, has that been weird for you at all? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think the pandemic has really uh, stretched people's boundaries in the sense of like how they can deal with a lot of time by themselves and not being around their normal social circle or their cast. It it was definitely strange to, um, one, be out of, have our show shut down and all of a sudden not see these people I've been seeing for the like, I saw them for six months straight almost every single day. Um, And so all of a sudden to not be around them is, really, really weird. Um, and then when we got to Wisconsin, um, we live in a village. It's only, I think 1600 people live here. Um, that prob that number is probably old. So it actually might be less now. Um, but it's definitely taught me a lot about patience and, um, enjoying my own individual time. And like, I don't know, I think it's taught me a lot about like taking up my own space and not relying on others for, making dinner decisions or like making plans. So I don't know. I think I've learned a lot from it. 
And I know in addition to what you do on Broadway, I know that you're also a voiceover artist. Have you been able to keep busy on that front? Uh, you know, I see yeah. that you have a pretty professional microphone in front of you. So I take it you've been able to do that work throughout this yeah. whole thing. Yeah, I've gotten to do some really cool projects. Uh, right, right when the pandemic hit, I actually had uh, booked this animated feature film that now I think was being turned into a television series. And so during this time, they were kind of on the forefront of trying to figure out um, how to do the home studio situation of getting like real raw recordings. Um, so I've luckily been able to work on that. I work a lot in like the kids animation world um you can hear me on like subway and geico people being geico commercials being like a weird cheerleader being like go geico or like <laughs> crazy things like that um but that definitely has like i think i've i've stretched myself in the voiceover world because i've had so much time to play around with it so yeah do you do character voices as well? You mentioned kids entertainment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I play, my prime is, like, 9 to 12 years old. Like, that's, like, where I sit. I'm like, hey, guys, like, what are we doing around here? Like, me, 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 Like, that's who I am. <laughs> How did you do that? No, that, that? You just, like, floored me there, you know, because I'm looking at, you know, a mid-20s girl yeah. in front of me doing that voice. You kind of just, like, took me aback. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's, like, I as a kid, I used to uh, make, I used to try to imitate the chipmunks. Uh, like the da, 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 Alvin and the Chipmunks. And I think that's kind of just stuck with me. So I just kind of take it and I like go from there. But yeah, so. Wow, that's the base of your impressions, the Chipmunks. That's a tough one to to master. So I give you props for I making it. Be I used to be better at it. I'm really sad. I think it's like, you know how like, well, obviously like guys go through puberty and like their voices drop. I feel like my voice has also dropped because I used to be really good at making the Alvin, the Alvin uh, voice. But now it's like, now I sound older and it's not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let, let's just touch on Mean Girls for a moment because, you know, as far as a Broadway mm -hmm. debut goes, you can't pick a bigger blockbuster uh, to, you know, to walk into. How, how surreal is that? I feel like that's like getting called up to the majors and suddenly you're playing for the Yankees. Yeah, I mean... I, I, like you just said, I could not ask for a better show to make my debut in a better company to, uh, get, I guess, put into the family, like thrown in. Um, it has been such a pleasure getting to know the people who, uh, created the show, the people who are maintaining and continuing the show on. Um, I mean, it's, it's unreal that Tina Fey is my boss. Like that's unreal. Um, and like, I remember watching the movie in the, in the movie theaters. Um, I remember my dad dropped my best friend and I off at the movie theater. He had no idea what the show, what the movie was. He just thought it was like a random teenage girl movie. He's like, cool. I'm just going to drop you guys off. Um, and I just remember thinking it was just so iconic. It was so fun and relatable. And so I think I remember I think my first week being part of the show and it was just, I was very much starstruck. I was just so shocked that I was even there and that I was even like invited into the room and that I was going to end up doing it a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know what else could beat it really. <laughs> and I take it you had a lot of competition as well for, you know, those types of positions, especially, you know, for, Regina and Gretchen, two of the, the two, two of the biggest leads in the show. Um, did you get it like the first go around, right? Uh, right when you went in for it? No. So I actually, so I had been auditioning for Mean Girls since December of 2018, and so I originally went in for Ashley Park's replacement. She was, I think, the first or second um, original principal cast member to leave, and so I went in right when she announced her that she was leaving and she was going to go do other stuff. Um, so I, I auditioned in 2018 and I remember I had been doing so many different auditions that I really couldn't keep track of like where I was in the callback world or in the, in the lineup of how close I was getting. And I remember I basically did a bunch of auditions in December and I get called, um, January 13th, I believe. And my agents were like, Hey, like you need to come back to New York because Casey Nicola wants to meet you. And I was like, okay, like I, I will come back to New York to meet Casey Nicola. Um, and I went in and auditioned for him. And then the next day was the final callbacks. And so it was between me and three other girls. Um, and so 
at that moment, I was like, oh, oh, I could actually get this. Like I could actually do this. Um, and that was a huge, a huge wake up call for me. Cause I realized how much one I wanted to be in the show. Cause I was like, I know I fit in this world. I know I can do this. Um, and I didn't get it that time. And then I, they called me back in for the tour and it was between me and one other girl, Megan. Um, and she ended up getting that one. And so at that point I was like, well, I'm like the tour is out, Broadway's out. Like, like they, they, they have their people, like, I guess I'll move on. And then four, maybe a couple months later, I just got an email basically saying, Hey, we need someone for the standby. Um, can you put Regina on tape? <clears throat> can you put Regina on tape? And I had never sung Regina for them ever. I literally have never, I had never done their material in the room with them. I never really worked on any of the music. And so I basically sent in, I, I think I got the email on the 15th and they, I like recorded it that night. And then two days later, they called me and said, great, you got it. Like you need to be here by next Tuesday. Um, so it was kind of crazy. I went through a lot of hoops to finally get it, but I, I think it's a testament to your time will come if it's supposed to happen. So, yeah. It's the same in baseball. It's like a lot of these players that come up, you know, through the minor leagues and have a real shot of making the opening day roster, let's say they might not get that chance in April, but when their numbers called, even if it's the following year, they could still make just as big of an impact, no matter when it is. That's the nice thing about both industries. I think um, I do have to ask, and I, I've never asked this question on break about when you're an understudy, do you show up to work each day, hoping that someone calls out? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the only time I would ever hope that is if I woke up, I would, I would like to know if I had my, if I had my, uh, my choice, if someone's going to call out, I would love to know at the beginning of the day. Like when I wake up, I get the phone call saying, Hey, you're going to go on in like 12 hours or whatever. Um, but it is terrifying to be on the train, uh, heading to the theater. Maybe you've eaten like a cheese pizza, a lasagna, some like a full glass of milk or something. Uh, and then you get a text while you're like underground on your way to the theater saying, Hey, you're going to go on for Regina in like 20 minutes. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> Um, so it's a little, there's like, um, it's, it's scary because I mean, the job itself just keeps you on your toes constantly. Like this, like the entire, basically your entire days, your weeks and months, whatever that you're on contract are totally up for grabs. Like anyone can call out and it doesn't matter if the show has started, you can go on in the middle of the show. It doesn't matter what time it is. Um, so I never wish for anyone to get sick because it's very stressful if um, all of a sudden it's like you're taken by surprise. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about that preparation. I think that's important too because you know you have a lot of guys on a baseball team who have the ability to play a lot of different positions. You're going to prep differently to play shortstop than you would to play yeah. center field that night. Um, let me ask you, yeah, when you would have... The condition yeah. is different, Yeah. A hundred percent. And you were, you know, you had to immerse yourself in two different roles at any given moment. Um, and I think that's a real great testament, you know, to the type of performer you are. I do have to know. So like behind the scenes, uh, when you do have some notice on who you're going to play, did you have a big difference in your approach when, uh, you know, you were going on for Regina as opposed to going on for Gretchen? Yeah, I, I tend to, if I'm going on for Regina, I have to do a, a, wider warm up for my voice just because she sings and uh I think she just has a larger range and so there's more that if maybe I haven't been, I haven't been talking a lot that day or um let's say it's a matinee and so I woke up at 10:30 and the show and we have to be there at 12 something um then I know I'm like okay I have to spend most of my time while I'm also getting ready putting my wig on doing my doing my makeup I also have to be warming up that entire time um, and for, and if I'm going on for Gretchen, a lot of it actually, I do physical warmups warm for both of them, but for Gretchen, I have to go over, I have to read through the script for the most, if I have enough notice, read through the script because she speaks so fast and so much. And it's, and it's so specific, like Tina wrote it in such a natural way that it makes sense to you to like, if for it to just come out, but if you haven't said it in 
eight weeks, you're like, what? Where's the like? Where's the what? Like you just, you can't remember the natural of how, how it comes out natural. So, um, yeah, I think Gretchen's more about words. Regina's more about vocals. I love Apex Predator. It's probably one of my favorite songs that I've ever, you know, gotten to see live to see that performance. I think everything going on the stage is just so fantastic. Actually, a lot of the baseball fans have uh, compared the Yankees theatrical closer, Aralta Chapman, to the Apex Predator, largely because he's such a diva like Regina George. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's an epic number. It's yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Now, when you made your debut, was it as uh, was it as Regina? No, it says Gretchen. Yeah. So I, and I'm very grateful for that because Gretchen, I mean, it, Broadway is one of those dreams that I think as a kid or as a theater student growing up, you you think about, oh, I want to do that eventually, or that's the thing I want to do. And when it actually is happening, when you're sitting behind those, those, those pink doors that open for where do you belong? And you're just, you have to be frozen on a table. There are those moments where you're like, holy shit. Oh my, I am doing this. I am literally, we're, we're, the table's moving. We, I am doing this right now. And so, um, my debut had so much of that energy because I think I was just in shock. I was, I couldn't believe that I was doing that. I was making my debut on Broadway at 22 um, cause I was like, I always assumed like, Oh, like I'll, 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 I'll be on Broadway. Maybe when I'm like 40, like, I don't know, like I, like I'll get there eventually. Um, so when it happened so early, I think I was just in shock. And so I don't think I could have done my debut as Regina because she has her cool. She, she is so cool. She has her shit together. She doesn't hesitate at anything. Um, and I don't know if I would have been able to pull it off and actually act that way because I just wanted to poop my pants the entire time. And Gretchen kind of has an energy. She's a little flighty. She's like a little nervous constantly. She's a bird. So I was able to kind of harness some of my natural nervous energy um, and fuel it into her uh, character. So are you saying that you're a little bit like Gretchen Wieters in your own? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, if I had to, if I had to choose which one I'm closer to, I'm definitely more of a Gretchen, which I think is why I was seen as her for so much, like in the audition process, why um, they didn't just assume like, oh, she'd be a good Regina, because I definitely don't give off Regina vibes. I really don't. Um, Yeah, I'm definitely more of a Gretchen. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus now as far as the you know the debut goes uh are you able to have your family in there were you aware of you know the fact that you were going to go on for her and have everyone come see you yeah so when i actually got hired um in back in july i basically got the call on july 17th i was on a contract in utah and i ended up having to leave this contract three weeks early they were very gracious and so supportive. They're like, great, it's Broadway. You got to go. Your understate is going to go on for our our season. Um, and so they just, they totally cheered me on through the whole thing. But basically my contract was, hey, you're hired on the 17th. We need to get you here by the 23rd because Christina's going on vacation in three weeks. So you need to do like a Broadway boot camp and be ready to make your debut in three weeks. So I, I... I went in knowing that I was going to be actually doing it for three weeks. So luckily, like my my parents were able to book flights. And so they flew from California. My 
friends all like took off work. And so like, they all were there for my, uh, my, I think they, I think they went to both shows. I debuted on a double show day. So my debut was a 2 PM on a Wednesday. Um, and so I think, yeah, my parents and my roommate's mom and her, and a couple of other, my friends came and saw my debut. It was really sweet. And you hit a home run, obviously, because they kept bringing you back on, on the show. Yeah, so obviously, I was, obviously, it wasn't horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. were really in such a rhythm, you know, with what you were doing. I know at the time that Broadway had shut down and everything. Um, wh- where were you when you had gotten the news that uh, there was going to be a little hiatus? I remember I had slept in that day. I think it was 11 a.m. I had I was eating some oatmeal in my bed in New York. And we all found out because I think a bunch of articles had been posted. It was like Broadway World, Playbill, all of the articles had been posted saying everything's shut down, like Broadway is shut down. And we all kind of knew that something was going to happen because I think maybe it was three or four nights in a row before the actual shutdown, we had had meetings as a full company, full um, house crew and everyone in our in our um, audience and before the shows. And basically we, we kept having restrictions put on our interactions. They were saying, hey, like we haven't heard anything. We don't know if things are going to get shut down for a week or so. Like uh, we're not doing, you can't have packages sent to the theater anymore. Like it, you can't have any visitors. You can't, no one can go stage door. You kind of just have to like, once you're done with the show, leave. And I think, I think we also weren't allowed to go backstage unnecessarily, like, especially if you weren't feeling well. Um, so I think everyone knew that something was going to happen. Um, but we didn't, we had no clue that it would be for this long. I think, I think once we actually got a, we started to realize what was why we were shut down. Um, everyone knew we, we were like, this is going to go for a while. We can't based on just basic facts. We're like, we can't function. Uh, the amount of people who get sick in our building just within the time that I was there, people were constantly sick and there's no way to not spread those germs. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a rough morning, but I mean, we kind of, we, I think we saw it coming a bit. You know, and obviously now they're talking about late May potentially for a return. I know it's kind of far out, but are you conditioning as if, you know, you would throughout the course of uh, a regular Broadway workout? And has it been tough to stay on your game, you know, in the right way throughout this whole thing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, so the hard thing about being a standby is that people bring treats, they give us candy, people have birthdays, and we, and you have to pass this treat table no matter what to get to, to get to our dressing room. And so like, I think I actually have been more active consistently during the pandemic than probably the last four months that I was at Mean Girls because one, it was getting cold. So no one wanted to move. No one wanted to take the extra time to go to the gym before your show. Cause you're like, I have to go, I have to like get there. I'm going to be freezing, work out sweat, shower, and then get back into all of my warm winter clothes and go to like, no one wanted to do that. So, um, I think I've actually found a better routine during, during the pandemic, but I think like everyone, like you fall in and out of your routines, you get bored, you, you feel like it's stagnant. And so you just want to change things up. But, um, I've kind of, I've tried to give myself, I guess, grace to, if I don't want to work out for a couple of weeks, like I'm just not going to, I'm going to make sure that, uh, I am happy and like mentally good. And then I have to remind myself, Hey, you feel really good when you, uh, move your body from the couch, like take a walk, <laughs> just a walk. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you like meditate or do yoga or anything like that? You know, right from the living room. Cause that's, that's one yeah. thing that I found a lot of solace in, especially at the beginning of this thing. Cause yeah, you didn't have to move very far to do it. And it still mm-hmm. kept me, kept me mentally sane, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah, I love doing yoga. I, I actually got really into Pilates. I've gotten really into Pilates during this time. Um, but I grew like my dad grew up, he, like we meditated all the time and he basically taught me yoga growing up. So, um, I've definitely honed in those skills. And I think, I think I agree. It's like, it brings you a lot of peace. 
Um, because I think during the pandemic, people complain about we have so much time and time to think and no one wants to think because it, then it gets really scary thinking about the situation. But um, I, I almost I almost consider it consider approaching it like an addiction. You have to you have to acknowledge that there's a problem first to start to tackle the addiction and then comes all of the other process of like trying to deal with it, trying to cope, how to how to get past it. And so I have found meditation to be really helpful during this time. Absolutely. And now has there been something in particular that you've accomplished or you've learned about yourself throughout this whole thing that you're really proud of? Oh man. Um I think I've I've embraced the part of me that really likes to see the good side of the situation, the positive parts of it. Um, I think for, I think growing up, there's, there's this, we, we battle a lot of things, but I think one thing is the idea of people needing everyone in your life to like you. And also to like, uh, I, I think I grew up with the idea of, um, I'm trying to think of how to word this in the most eloquent way. Um, I think I, I I remember growing up and people wanting to be more realistic and not wanting to um, focus on like the dreamer parts of situations of like looking at what could happen or what could be. And I think during this time, I have really embraced um, accepting reality and still finding something positive about it. Um, and for me, like a big positive is my boyfriend and I are long distance. He, for the most part, lives in Chicago and I live in New York because he works regionally all over the place. Um, and so this is the first full year out of, I think, three years that we've been together that we actually get to spend basically every, the entire year together. So even when things get really grim, there's always that reminder of like, Hey, if this wasn't happening, I wouldn't get to see my partner this for this long of time. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm proud of that. I'm proud of trying to find the light in the dark. And it's interesting because, you know, I've spoken with a number of folks who hail from California and it's usually, they have a more chill mindset than a New Yorker. And it's interesting to say that where, you know, that you said that where you grew up, you know, it wasn't necessarily like that. You know, I, I, you know, you think of California and everyone, everyone's a lot more friendly than your typical New Yorker. And, you know, you have a lot more, a lot more wiggle room to dream one would think, but that's why I always find it interesting to hear these different experiences. You know, have you, uh, I have a lot of the folks back home seen what you've gone on to accomplish and, you know, wish you big congrats and stay in touch with you and whatnot. Yeah. Like I, I have had, nothing but support from my hometown and California in general, my college there too. Um, everyone has been so supportive and so proud. And it's, it's one of those weird things that I remember people, I have, I have, um, some, what I call like my second pair of parents, the people who I grew up around as a kid. And they, they, it's, it's been really surprising to hear them and have them reach out to me and say like, I'm like, I've always known that you were going to do big, great things. I'm just so proud of you. And, um, I don't know. I think, uh, it feels good. And it's, it's nice to know that. I don't know if people are proud of me. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's a lot of validation in that. I know what you mean. It's obviously, you know, you create your own happiness. That's one thing that I've certainly learned, you know, throughout this, you know, a lot of time by myself throughout the course of these past several months. But, uh, no, I think what you've accomplished is really great. And I know throughout the pandemic, in addition to what you're doing with the voiceover work, you've done a little podcasting work on your own. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So I, um, are you talking about my podcast project that I'm currently working on? Is that what you're hinting at? I am hinting on that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I am, um, I'm taking on a new, I guess, quote unquote job as director of marketing slash also an actor um, for this podcast called One Million Musicals. Um, it's written by Jacob and Shmuel and Alan Blake Bachelor, And we all went to college together. And, uh, essentially we are on a mission to write a million musicals, which hint, hint, that's going to take like 84,000 years. So who knows if we'll, I don't think we're ever really going to get there, but, um, it's the idea that the, everything's unlimited. Like there's, we don't have an end point that we're trying to reach necessarily because 1 million is a lot. 
Um, but we're creating new musicals every month and um, Jacob and Alan are fantastic writers and they are so clever and so funny. Um, I, I consider it, uh, I guess it would be rating G, but it's like BoJack plus South Park plus like Rick and Morty-esque, but like for also children. So there's like, <laughs> there are like life lessons in it. Um, but, or I guess it, it could totally have like community vibes to it, I think. Um, and, but we have like, they, they've been writing some really fun musicals and it's, it's people from all, like all over the entertainment business, film, TV, Broadway. Um, and it's right now it's been a lot of the book of Mormon, uh, people and me. So we're saying like the three Mormons and the mean girl. So (laughs) that's kind of like our inside joke of like, this is like, who's behind it. (laughs) So, but yeah. That's exciting. And, you know, listen, I, uh, I definitely can't wait to listen. And, you know, you've had a wonderful start to your career. And, you know, while you've accomplished a lot, it's about to get a little tough here on Break a Bat. You have a terrified look in your eye. Um, <laughs> this is called Fast Ball Derby. Oh, no, 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 it's not the trivia. Wait, did you listen to our trivia episodes? No. I oh, know we we do those sometimes, but I I didn't. You, you told me up front not to bring go too hard on the baseball, so I my oh my gosh, my boyfriend to your was trying to like he was trying to give me some uh some details or like tips and tricks because he played baseball for twelve years, and so he's like he's like you're gonna have like these are the good teams, and I was like I can't remember all of this, like I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> you want to play some trivia, Kaylin? I've got questions and a prize. You do it. What's on your schedule? Let's go. Let's Whatever see. I have, I might have a little something prepped here. Let's just take a look-see. Let's go to... Do, 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 do. Hang on. We're going to find something here. Our little seventh inning stretch archive here. This is going to be a fun little uh, fun little treat for the audience. We haven't done this in a little while. Uh, oh folks, this is the chance for Kaylin to join the Baseball Meets Broadway Trivia Elite. Um, and basically, we'll ask her you know, a few questions about the Broadway as well as a couple of uh, baseball questions just to make it fun because we are a crossover podcast indeed. Um, so... How about this? I'll, uh, they're going to all be multiple choice. And if you get enough of them right, you win the prize. How does that sound? Oh, man. Okay. Okay. All right. I thought it was <laughs> the cheesiest line. Oh, my gosh. Like, Wait, the idea well, of like, like, it's like the, uh, we'll swing a bat at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most to take a crack at like, it. Like, I really <laughs> feel like the, like the commercial voiceover brain of mine is like, we'll swing a bat at it. Like, do do. Do you want to answer the questions in voiceover? Because that would be kind of cool. <laughs> no, we'll see what comes out. <laughs> wow, this is this is fun. I wasn't even planning this tonight, folks. See, as I have said before, one of the things I've learned from the beginning of podcasting, the best times are when you don't have a plan and you just see where the conversation takes you. And obviously, Kaylin wanted to play some trivia. So let's, uh, let's do it. Okay. Here is uh, your first question here. It's related to the Broadway. I know you, you know, growing up, you have a pretty good knowledge of cast albums and whatnot. Let's see how you do. There's been a number of jukebox musicals over the years that honor the songs of various Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, many of which have been nominated for Tony Awards. Which of the following Hall of Famers has yet to have their music featured in a Tony-nominated production? Is it A, Billy Joel? B, The Beach Boys? C, Carol King, or D, Electric Light Orchestra? Electric Light Orchestra? The answer is the Beach Boys. Xanadu featured some really great ELO stuff, actually. No way. Oh, my gosh. When you said the Beach Boys, I immediately went to the Jersey Boys. I'm like, well, that's not it. (laughs) And I was like, that's wrong, Kaylin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my musical theater history teaches me so mad at me. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You know what? You're 0 for 1. You still have a couple more at-bats here. A chance to win the prize. Um, let's go to the baseball uh, side of things here. The Yankees flamethrowing and six-time all-star closer Araldus Chapman holds the record for fastest fastball, having thrown 105 miles per hour twice. He also has a nickname. Is it A, the Cuban Missile? B, Mr. November, C, Godzilla, or D, 
the chairman of the board? Is this even a fair question? Oh my gosh. What's his name again? Araldus Chapman. He's a six-time all-star. He's a world champion. He's kind of like the uh, unofficial mascot of the Break a Bat podcast. He's a very theatrical guy. Oh. Uh, he hung out backstage at Rock of Ages actually last year. He, our audience is very familiar with him. Uh, Wait, give, he, me, give me the choices again. A, the Cuban Missile. B, Mr. November. C, Godzilla. Or D, the chairman of the board. The chairman of the board? That would be uh, Whitey Ford. Uh, Araldus Chapman is known as the Cuban Missile. Um, Dang it. I really, right. I, I want to say, I really, I'm really bad at trivia. That's why I said I, I was nervous that it was going to be trivia. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, honestly, my, my bigger bet, I will try my hardest to answer these questions, but my bet is that I am going to go zero for zero, like O for O. Well, how about this? If you don't get this next one right, we'll just cut the whole segment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want anyone to have an offer on in the batter's box here. Um, well, uh, how about this? Let's try this one. Longtime Yankees announcer John Sterling refers to a certain Broadway show during his musical home run call for Yankees third baseman Gio Urshela. Which musical does he refer to? Is it A, Grease, B, Saturday Night Fever, C, Beetlejuice, or D, The Most Happy Fella? Oh, man. What was the second one? Uh, Saturday Night Fever. I'm really going to, I'm really going to take a swing at this. Uh, D? You got it. You're on the board. You got yourself a big hit. Gio Urshela, the most happy fella. Wow. That's wonderful. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We almost you cut it. We almost snip, snip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but goodness! That's uh, all right. It's all right. Let's see how you do on this last one here. And if you if you get it right, we'll give you one more question. You can officially join the winner circle. Okay. Um. Let's see. We've had a number of guests on this podcast that are part of a very storied lineage when it comes to the Wicked on Broadway franchise. Which of the following performers is not a member of that lineage? Is it A, Derek Klena, B, Katie Rose Clark, C, Jackie Burns, or D, Ken Singleton? I feel like I saw these. I saw some of these people on your Instagram. So I, I'm really, I'm really testing my memory here. Well, I, I, when I say lineage, not the break of that lineage, but the wicked lineage, who has not been in wicked out of those people? Oh, D? That is correct. Ken Singleton is the TV voice of the New York Yankees. He's yet to appear on Broadway. I was, I was, like, I was like, was this like, uh, was this a, um, oh my gosh, what's the character in Wicked who he's the teacher and he turns into the, the, the oh, animal? The, I can't remember. The goat. Uh, professor. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Professor. I know. Uh, prof- Hilda. Hilda. Uh, Hilda. Professor. Hilda. Brand. I'm looking this up. I can, I, think hear, I can hear an alphabet say it. Hilda. Like, not Professor Hildebrand. Oh, Dr. Dillamon. That's what it is. Dr. Dillamon. Dillamon. Okay. I was confusing yeah. Shane Hillebrand there, the uh, former third baseman for the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> I had a moment. I was like, I was like, Ken, I was like, could he have been a Dillamon? Like, I don't know. I was like, he could have been. <laughs> I was like, literally, sure. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure the other people have been in the show. <laughs> he is, he is a great teacher. So it would not surprise me if, uh, if uh, he would have made a very good uh, teacher in that show, but uh, probably would have been. I mean, let's pitch it. <gasps> Another baseball. Wow, I'm good at this. Yeah, at seriously, <laughs> you're like a real pro. I'm very impressed. You're really catching on here. Thank you. All right, now here's this last one. Let's um, let's see here. Okay, we might have alluded to this earlier. Who holds the record for fastest fastball in Major League history? Is it A, I'll give you some options, David Ortiz, B, Sammy Sosa, C, Araldus Chapman, or D, Derek Jeter? It's C, 
That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. Welcome to the winner's <laughs> circle, Kaylin. We have a prize for you. I'll present it with you in just a second here. You can, you know, officially oh join the, the Thank party you. here. <gasps> wow, I'm a winner. <laughs> we caught you off guard with the trivia, so, you know, it's okay if you don't have everything prepared. Well, you know what? I, nonetheless, I was going to give this to you, whether you got enough questions right anyway. And I was going to give it to you <laughs> just for coming on the show. But this is your official Chapman on Broadway. <gasps> Break of that long sleeve T-shirt. We call it Chapman oh Swag. I love that. That's so cool. Yay. Oh, I there love swag. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. You could wear it to, you know, around the house and just lounge out in it, do your yoga, listen to your show tunes in yes. it. It's just it's a great piece there. I'll remember when I wear it that I'm a winner. Absolutely. <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> so you know what, uh... Let's play fastball derby, and this is your chance to tell some stories, have the audience uh, learn a little bit more about you. Um, ninth inning, two outs, Aroldis Chapman's on the mound, throwing 105 miles an hour, all the pressure's on. I'll ask you a question. You tell me the first thing that comes to mind. How does that sound? Okay, okay. Favorite New York City meal? Lasagna. You mentioned lasagna <laughs> earlier. That's I could really use some lasagna myself right now. A good lasagna is really good. Like, if it's awesome like if you get a homemade like if you go to a small like hole in the hole, hole in the wall yeah hole in the wall <laughs> restaurant and they give you like a homemade lasagna so good actually it's so funny you say that when we went to see mean girls it was me and my sister it was before you had joined the company it was 2018 um we got we went to this place i think it was called pasta lovers it was not far from uh the august wilson and we're, we're italian oh. so that's probably like the least sounding Italian place, but it was like that hole in the wall spot. I did not get the lasagna, but I had some delicious fried calamari. So I, I know what you're Ooh, saying about, nice. about spots like that. Yeah, yeah. There's so many all over New York. They're like, I think that's one of my favorite things about New York. So, absolutely. Now, uh, if you could play one position in baseball, what would it be? Catcher. That's the first time that we've ever had someone say that they would like to be a catcher. You have a lot of control back there, knowing pitchers' you tendencies do. and you know a lot of responsibility. You also like have your spot. Like this is your spot. I mean, everyone. I, I'm sure a lot of people have said they want to be a pitcher. Like I get that. I get that. Yep. Um, catcher and pitcher, maybe the easiest uh, position to remember. Like you're like, yeah, I remember those positions. But um, uh, but also like I I love like I don't know. I feel like you're really important. Like catchers are really important. Um, from the, the, from the maybe, uh, baseball games I have watched, that I can count on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> How about this one? All time favorite film. Uh, uh, oh my gosh. What is it called? It's Daniel Day Lewis. Oh my gosh. I re like, oh my gosh. His films are literally leaving my brain right now. It's not all, all quiet on the Western front is a book. Um, Oh gosh. I really can't remember what it is. What is it? Daniel D. Lewis. Not the portrait. I literally can't think of this. Am I allowed to look it up? Or is it does it have to come from my memory? Are you gonna like dig through some photos that you've used as uh like wallpaper on your phone and maybe one of them <laughs> to the movie? <laughs> I've done that. Like, Cold plays. 
Um, when oh American gosh. Hustle came out, I'm not going to lie. I did have a, uh, a screenshot of that on my wallpaper. There will be blood. There will be blood. Daniel Day-Lewis, there will be blood. I think it's a phenomenal film. That is my answer. Okay. Took a quick Google search. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to binge watch either Seinfeld or The Office, which would you choose? Uh, the Office. Big Office fan? Not necessarily a big Office fan, but not a big Seinfeld fan. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I actually, yeah, I, oh gosh. Wow, I'm really forgetting titles. I literally was going to say, I like watching this this show instead of The Office, but now I can't. It's The Banana Booth. Banana Booth. Oh, Arrested Development. Yeah, I would much rather watch Arrested Development than The Office, personally. That's a good choice, too. I'll give you a pa- pass there. So you're going to binge watch Arrested Development over any either of those. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. All-time favorite baseball player? Um... Uh, We've 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 said his name many times tonight. Rudy Chapman. That's a great answer. All right, you could roll this Chapman. It is <laughs> Rudy. What were you calling him, Rudy? We've had we've had people call him Alondis and uh, Aristotle. We've had a couple times. You were. Not really I in really the ballpark. Heard Ru- I really just, I feel like I heard Rudy at some point. I don't know. All right. Know. You're, you're fine. You're fine. All right. Errol Chapman's your favorite, so we'll accept that answer. <laughs> <laughs> you're on a desert island and can take one Broadway cast album with you. Which album are you taking? Ooh. Uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. That is part of your program. You are at the opera. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. I think I love that show. I think it's so ahead of its time. Like, well, I feel like I sound really old when I say that. It's so ahead of its time. Like, whoa. It's Um, Josh Groban on Broadway. What's better than that? (laughs) Dave Malloy just wrote this incredible score. Oh, my gosh. I could could listen to that for days or months, however long I'm on this desert island. (laughs) Favorite late night snack. Two show day. You get home from the August Wilson. It's after midnight. What are you grabbing before you hit the couch? Uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Love them. Can't leave them. Proudest moment of your career? Um, oh, gosh. I think, uh, definitely in relation to Mean Girls, but I think being the first Asian-American, Regina George, and uh, getting all of the messages and talking to a lot of fellow Asian-Americans and people of color who are young artists um that has been i think the best part of the job and probably something i'm i it, it was an accident in a lot of ways of me becoming that first asian american to to play her but it's probably one of my proudest at this point um i'm really really proud to represent um i guess my culture and um i guess i'm proud to represent I don't know how to say this. What do I want to say? How do I want to do this? I feel like I've talked about it so much um, because it's come up a lot during the pandemic. So I've, I've, I've talked to so many young uh, people of color who are, I don't know, inspired that it can happen. And so, and it's, I think I've become proud of it because I didn't know that I would ever be a person who's carving a path for anyone um so i'm proud of that i guess yeah it's a great answer and uh you've you've carved the path really well that's uh i think that's a really good way to put it um uh you know with that being said what's uh we usually just want to wrap every show what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you Ooh. uh Don't compare yourself to anyone else because it's not worth the time, the mental energy or the, um, it's not worth agonizing over because you will never be someone else and no one else will ever be you. So you have to own everything you got. That's awesome stuff, Kaylin. I uh, really enjoyed this one. And, uh, I hope you did too. Yeah. I tried to yeah, keep, I tried to keep great. it baseball light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, no, it was so great. 
Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, if all the folks at home want to connect with you on social media, what's the best place where they could find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kaylin Fu, C-A-I-L-E-N-F is in Frank, using unicorn. I try not to say like Kaylin F-U because it just sounds like F-U. Um, and I've learned too many times ordering a pizza that if you don't know it's my last name, a pizza guy has taken it personally many times. So... <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, my name's my last name is Malafronte, so that's like long and Italian. People spell it wrong all the time. At least you know that's pretty easy for the folks at home to find you, yeah. Caitlin. Yeah. You. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh well, Caitlin, this has been awesome. I can't thank you enough for joining the show tonight. Um, this is Al Malafronte signing off for the Broadway Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.